I'm so not you've broken up relationships. Oh yeah, man. A lot of them. They don't have the basically the balls to do it. It's them <laughs> literally figuring out who they are. It's that you shift the behavior in a person so they have that ability to get back to that greatness of who they are. Come to T Clinics. You want to level up your broad? Come down here. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first group episode of the Man Lab. I'm here with everyone from T Clinics. Like I've mentioned in a couple episodes, if you have or haven't seen them before, I'm the idiot who likes fitness, who doesn't understand half of it. So these guys are the brains behind it. So any of the information you see me talk about or hear me talk about is from these guys. So there's a lot of like basically what the Alex here, Blake, and then we got the J Couch. We got Jeremy, Jeff, and uh, Jimmy, and we've also got Josiah behind the camera. Like, it's way too many, too many Jays. A lot of Jays. Too many Jays. Too many Jays. <laughs> Kanye would love us right now with what we're saying. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, what I'm going to start off with first is I want to do a shout out to you guys because I have been on CJC 1295 Annie Morellin for. It's four weeks now. First two weeks, I put on eight pounds of muscle, so thank you. Very nice. Uh, but um, one thing that I need to come clean with you, Jeff, the uh, new Viva, what is it? The new Viva immunity tablets, if they break in your throat. Oh, yeah, they're not I fine. coughed out. Like, I had this, like, spurt of dust once and almost blinded <laughs> my wife. You got to learn how to swallow better, man. It's true. I got a shallow, I got a shallow throat. <laughs> uh but that's why I was always straight. It was never pleasing yeah, anyone, unfortunately. Swallowing. I mean, you're not going to be tipped to get it out. It's true. Huh. Do you have any tips? At swallowing? <laughs> <laughs> Just a tip. Take a big gulp of water with it. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Um, so I'm curious for how you guys met, how T-Clinics came about. Um, was it? just by accident, like I guess some businesses seem to happen or what happened with the origin story of T-Clinics? I guess I should start with that. So the origin, realistically, like I opened up a hormone replacement clinic going back to 2006 here in Fort Myers. Uh, at the time, I was focusing mainly on, you know, human growth hormone and female and male hormone therapy. And, and Jeff was a, a good friend of mine, gym partner. Jim friend, I should say. And Jeff was really focusing on nutrition with like a lot of our friends and helping bodybuilders and people do their diets. And basically everybody knew him as like the diet guru. So I brought Jeff in as kind of a, a, a secondary part of the business I was doing to kind of expand on the diet weight loss sector. We opened up a medical weight loss clinic, um, which, which at the time was called New Life Medical here in Fort Myers and in Naples as well. It, it, it did very, very well right out the gate. We then decided to become a franchise or and actually like kind of franchise the model. In that process, we realized that the name New Life wasn't too unique. It was already taken. Mm -hmm. um, switched it to a company. It's a bit basic too. I hate to tell yeah, you. Yeah. Well, the idea was like <laughs> you were basic. Well, the idea was you know you started a diet, you lose a lot of weight, you start your new life, right? So I, I just imagine a chick that drinks a like a white chocolate mocha latte thing from Starbucks. Listen, saying we weren't I, too creative at the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we were just starting out. We didn't know. We didn't know. It's good. Look, we, we learned so from So we evolved mistakes. this name into New Viva, which is actually Latin still for new life. But anyway. <laughs> um, Going back to it. So Jer Jer Jeremy was <laughs> Now a you're like a dark chocolate mocha. Yeah, like, Jeremy, <laughs> a little fancier version. Jeremy was a friend of mine. Um, saw what we were doing, was interested in partaking mm -hmm. in it. He actually became one of our first franchisees, uh, mm -hmm. opened up a clinic in Orlando, moved to Orlando, kind of got off and running with his weight loss sector. Um, at this point, I was still doing hormone replacement, but everybody else is still focusing on weight loss. Jimmy also was doing another business. We knew him through a friend. 
he saw our success, was like, hey, I want to open a clinic here in Tampa as well. Um, so he got up, up and running for, for weight loss. So now all of us are kind of associated with this medical weight loss business. Mm -hmm. And then each of these guys decided independently that they wanted to add this other component of male hormone replacement to their practices and kind of started their own individual businesses. So J Jimmy's business was called Tampa Testosterone and Jeremy's was Rebuilding Life. Um, and we all being why are the names all gay guys? I just need to put this out. <laughs> oh, come there. on, come on. Tampa testosterone. I mean, that's probably Jimmy's the straightest of straight three. Yeah. 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 Jimmy just took the name and said, "I'm going to call it what it is." Because yeah. Blaine is obvious. Jeremy took this really like you know longevity wellness yeah. approach. Um, at the time, Jeff also was doing Naples Wellness for Men. Kind of still not that. Not so it's a little bit foofy. It's, still, it's, it's making progress. It was too long. We had this like super long URL. What would you call it, Blake? Um. I like what we call it now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, So anyway, so, so here we are, you know, <laughs> four friends owning four independent, you know, hormone replacement practices, sharing ideas, having individual websites, paying money for marketing, paying money for social media. And one afternoon when we had another meeting, you know, we sat down and like, guys, like rather than continuing to be like split and conquering, let's just join forces and say, fuck it, like create one common name and and rebrand ourselves and like put our, our money collectively towards something that could be could be bigger. And T Clinics USA was born. And mm -hmm. so if anybody else wants to add on that, that's kind of where it started. I think you pretty much covered it. I yeah, mean, I mean, as we do. Yeah, it was an adventure for all of yeah. us. We all kind of came from different directions. And I think we all learned a lot from you two as far as like the the basics of it. Um, and we all collaborated along the way. And I think since then, really just being together and, and being able to put our strengths together is what's made the difference for us to, to grow the direction we have. Mm -hmm. We so definitely think, all have a different approach to business. Yeah. Um, and, and to a point that yin and yang model like has kind of helped us, helped me definitely see, see at times that there's flaws in the model that I originally created. And Jimmy took, took a hold of a big market and really hit it hard and was like extremely successful in his market. And Jeremy's model did super well integrating. He was a little bit more with the female hormones, mm -hmm. with the aesthetics, so it kind of went a little bit more widespread. Um, but, but in the end, like we all knew what our true mission was. Like we knew we wanted to be the best male hormone replacement, testosterone-based business on, on the market. And I think we just recognized like Doing it on our own was just too—it was just too damn tough, you know. Like mm. we, we need this team effort. The biggest thing, Blake, is I think we keep forgetting is a lot of the physicians out there just don't truly understand um, hormones and how they were, pres were prescribing was frustrating for us, even on the Nuviva side, because they just weren't giving the patients what they truly needed. And I think that's why we originally established Jeremy, you these. You kind of a fucked up, like yeah. coming into it, like how you were being prescribed initially. Yeah, I was being uh, overprescribed, and uh, obviously every time I'd go to my physician and ask the questions, his answer was, "Who's the doctor?" <laughs> we need to quickly talk about testosterone levels. If you want to smash every night, your wife's happy, then you probably don't have anything to worry about. But if you would rather go to sleep, you might have low testosterone levels. But don't freak out. There is a simple way to find out if you do or don't, and that is through the Adam test. Now, the Adam test is a simple questionnaire. takes 60 seconds to complete. It's about 45 seconds longer than my sex life, but you'll be able to find within 88% accuracy rate whether or not you might have low testosterone. So if you want to find out about this test, just go to bit.ly 
forward slash free Adam test. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash free Adam test. Now let's get back to the show. So at that point, I was like, well, you know, I've got a group of guys who I guarantee know more than you. I think at this point in time, we move forward. Mm. And five years later, we opened these strong, established clinics that blew out you know, anything else out of the water. I mean, I'd say of like <clears throat> knowledge base, like Jeff <clears throat> always knew more than any of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's basically a brains with muscles. Yeah, like yeah. he really knew this industry so well. And like, I think we all leaned on him when it came to like products and protocols. And so, you know, Jeff just was was just really instrumental in like helping us figure out what we should offer and what we shouldn't mm -hmm. offer. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was it was pretty important for us to like have essentially the brain with the muscles in the network. Mm -hmm. So we didn't try to like <laughs> sell stuff that didn't work and give ourselves a shitty reputation. Well, I, th I think one thing that's interesting about our marketplace is that what we do is not taught in med school. So, you know, people will think like, oh, I just got to go to my doctor and they're going to be able to help me. And they weren't trained on this as much as we weren't trained on this. So those of us who have a passion in this have been able to get ahead of a lot of, of a lot of the medical industry out there and not to say that there aren't great doctors out there who are doing this as well, but they were on the same playing field as we were. And I know when I started, like when I first had a need for testosterone, I'm asking these guys because I wasn't able to find a resource to go to and, and get the right testing. I think I ended up with like two or three labs to put the pieces together because I was like reaching out, I think it was to Alex at the time and saying, well, you know, they just got a testosterone total. Is that all I need? And, and he's like, well, no, did they not test your estradiol and your free testosterone and your LH, FSH, all these other, you know, biomarkers mm -hmm. and putting those pieces together at the beginning for me was like, you know, what's going on? You're just lost. And I think that's how most guys are these mm -hmm. days. And, we realize that because we were those guys and now we're able to take this mm -hmm. and, and make it easy for guys so that they can understand what's happening to their body and get them to a result. And, and ultimately that's what guys want. So studies have been showing right now is physicians now 18 months after they graduate that their knowledge has shifted and changed. Yeah. So within this room, continuously educating ourselves and gaining more knowledge and I mean, on a weekly basis, there's something new in the market I, that I, these guys understand. I think they've updated that to like six months or something. Yeah, it's like six months. Like something insane. I don't think you could expect mm. to know what you knew coming out of college now anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. At this so it's important so, for the continuously the education of what this group does on a regular basis. It's kind of cool too. Yeah. But like we all go and attend all these physician mm -hmm. conferences. We 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 kind of not that we pretend to be doctors, but we kind of have to know how they're being taught or what they're being not taught in order to like adapted to the business model. So what do they teach at, um, when people go to medical school now, what do they typically teach there that's different to what I guess probably should be getting taught? What's covered under insurance? Uh, yeah, and they're, they're yeah. teaching. Their hands are tied. Well, and it depends on the scope of practice that the physician's working in. You know, they have their general med school and then they kind of split off into their specialties and they know that area really well, but they don't get outside the box. They're, they're kind of, trained to stay within a certain box within medicine so and, and they're trained to teach uh how to address symptoms with medications that aren't natural to the body they're they're just managing a symptom with no like result like like people don't realize if you have high blood pressure you're going to be or high cholesterol you're going to be on that medication the rest of your life 
there's there's not a resolution plan to that it's just treating that symptom and managing it same with like diabetes and all mm. these things where there are solutions if you get healthy that you can address what we're doing is we're we're managing not sickness but we're managing uh, like uh like anti-aging we're we're helping people optimize their life and feel better and and actually not have just not age the way that everybody else is we mm -hmm. we can we can stop that and and avoid that and and live the best life that they can live even as they get older and, and not have to feel old we ask the question why doctors yeah. are we doctors understand are reactive anything they see that's what they cope with yeah i feel like modern, yeah. me modern medicine treats it like american war yeah it's like oh there's a little problem over there we'll blow the fuck out of everything but we at least killed the 10 percent that was the problem and yeah. didn't ask why well yeah. nowadays why so you gotta, <laughs> make you gotta remember again. like we're in an industry yeah. for preventing people from getting sick mm -hmm. where an average doctor waits till you're sick yeah so you walk into a doctor's office saying i'm healthy and i want to stay healthy and he would like look at you and say well, what do you expect me to do for you have a great day where we're in a position where we're like i want to continue to feel and look the way i want to now granted you should have a problem you're trying to address but we don't wait till somebody's so banged up and so um, you know kind of deficient in a hormone to a point where they feel and look like shit they're, they're actually wanting to willing to address them so these yeah. scales of normal hormone levels or you know it's not ideal so we actually kind of have to recalibrate what these general labs and insurance companies are basically saying they're willing to cover somebody on because the general average of normal is essentially a population of the average American which now look around the average American is essentially a, a sick person right they're morbidly yeah. obese or they have diabetes it's or they're on a shit that. ton of drugs mm -hmm. so if that average of the normal 40 something year old man is between here and here I don't think that's like a safer, healthy place to be because like historically, 30 years ago, that range was up here. But over those ages, and we talked about this in other podcasts where the hormone levels of the average male has declined significantly between generation and generation or decade over decade, what is considered healthy now would have been considered sick before. Yeah. And if we keep going down this line, the future kids of our, you know, our, our kids and their kids, they're gonna be like what we would consider right now, extremely sick. Mm -hmm. You know, they would be in the low category of what we would say, holy shit, that guy needs hormones. But in the future, a doctor would say, no, you're normal. Yeah. Because what is normal? Like, who wants to be normal? I wanna be optimized and excellent without <laughs> risking my health. And so, you know, our business model is based on that idea of prevention and the ideal man. Yeah, I think humans though are hardwired like modern medicine though unfortunately very few people want to be proactive they would rather be reactive mm -hmm. we see it a lot and i mean i get in arguments and discussions i would say about why do you go to the gym so much like why do you do it I'm why like, do you die you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're yeah, in like, such good shape like, oh, yeah. you're one of those healthy people that's why i'm, I'm like, in good shape yeah. with that diet right like how many times well, have you told somebody you're on a diet and they look at you like, you don't need to be on a diet, you're not right. fat. 100%. Yeah. And everybody yeah. thinks Stupid you go to the gym just because you know, like, you're egotistical or whatever. And I'm like, at this mm. point, well, it's more bit. for here. <laughs> and, uh, what's that? I am a little bit. It's the oh, shoes. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> it's I mean, the shoes. It's the shoes. I like to take my shoes. I don't, I don't want to have to prepare to go to a trip and then look mm. good. I want to yeah. be like, oh, fuck, we're going here. Want to live that. That's actually yeah, live that life. You got to be pool party ready in like in one week. Exactly. Like, exactly. One week away from being where you want to yeah, be. Yeah, I might be married, <laughs> but I still want the attention. You know, yeah. like <laughs> I want to know that I 
Yeah. I choose to be loyal, you know? <laughs> I, I, I don't want the choice to be made for me, you know? So careful, careful. You're, you're free. The only reason you're with your girl is because she knows you can't get somebody else. Yeah, it, no, that, exactly. that is not a rewarding life. You're just no. like, babe, I love you. It's like, well, you don't really have much of a choice, do you, buddy? Yeah. I, I want to be like, hey, just so you know, you're welcome. Yeah, you better, you know? you better keep I come home, I brag to my wife. Too. I'm like, do you know I just got hit on? She's like, oh, really? What you look like? I know like, she's fucking hot. And she's like, oh. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, be proud of that. Yeah, I got a number. You can call her. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes sure that does Instagram. happen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, so it, it is interesting seeing that it, it, we are so reactive as humans and it's kind of becoming a bit of a detriment. And uh, I noticed that when, again, my in-laws, they don't understand. They, they've never prioritized health. They think that me going to the gym is selfish, and it is, but there's a reason for it. And then when we got hit by the hurricane, I could just go physically for like seven hours and they'll look at me like, what the, f what? And I was like, now you see why I go to the gym? You know, which is funny because they're yeah. massive pro guns, fuck the government. We need to be ready for war that might not ever happen. But when it comes to fitness, they're like, nah, why would you bother? Oh, 100%. You know? <laughs> I, back in 08, 09 hit me really hard. I, I lost everything financially, but I found the gym and I found my health and, and wellness and all that. And it was, I, I literally felt like, it sounds weird, but I felt like I had like this protection around me, like that I could handle the storm of crap that was coming my way. Like it was a rough time for me when you lose everything and you start out life really good, like you're young ahead of the game, then you go to nothing and it's, it's humbling, but I had my health and mm -hmm. sounds cliche, but it's, it's a real thing. Like I, I, I was inside, I knew whatever I'm dealing with, I'm gonna get through this. And and people don't think about that. And you know, sometimes we're going through these tough times and it's like, well, focus on your health. Like just cause you lost your job or something like that doesn't mean like, let yourself go. No, like focus in on your health and you'll be able to get to that next stage. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize as well that physical health has a mental byproduct as well. Oh, yeah. And like, so a study from the University of South Australia just came out a couple of months ago and they were saying that physical exercise has a 150% more effective combating um, outcome from anxiety and depression as oh, yeah. compared to counseling or, um, or, or drugs. Or drugs. Or, yeah. Yeah. And yep. 100%. It's, it's funny that that's not getting more light. I mean, obviously everyone here is like, well, there's no money in that for the drug industry. Right? <laughs> that's the problem. There's right. not as much money. Hide that. And yeah. the other thing too, like I've seen it firsthand with a, a girl that I trained online, you know, she, she wears the depression badge of honor and was on antidepressants, drinks, overweight, bad eating. And she started losing weight with me. And then she's like, Hey, I feel like going to the gym. I, I'm like, all right, fuck go. You know, that's great. All of a sudden she's lean. She decides she doesn't need to drink anymore. For some reason she's off. Off the antidepressants. It's very mm -hmm. interesting. I don't understand this, Blake. Interesting. Right. All of a sudden, being hot, like all of a sudden, yeah. I'm depressed, yeah. right? I, I feel yeah. better about myself, yeah. and, but then I don't want the antidepressants. But something happened. I'm not sure what happened, and we didn't. I never found out. But starts drinking again, starts eating poorly. Uh, you know, stops, starts putting the weight back on, and then he's back on the antidepressants because I have depression. I was like, can you not see the correlation between? activities and outcomes but uh, who knows it could have been the environment she was in the people she was around like you know that when you're around a bunch of people with shit habits and they're overweight and you start looking good they're gonna pull you down mm -hmm. yeah 
And it could have been that. It could have just been something tragic, like a, a lost member, like a lost family member. Who knows? But it was yeah. just very interesting to see such an obvious shift. But the fact that when the bad habits came back in, that badge of honor came back onto her chest. You know, you know? It's, yeah. it's interesting, like as a business owner, obviously any business owner goes into a business anticipating making a good amount of money from it, right? But the most rewarding thing that we get to actually offer people is exactly what you just said. Like our clientele, we have, we have a chance to become part of this transition, part of this change, part of this positive um, you know, you know, turn in their lives. I mean, in the weight loss clinics that we all own, it's rewarding to see somebody who actually like loses a significant amount of weight and like tells you you actually changed their life and they feel so much better and now they feel attractive or you know their marital their, their marriage is better because obviously they feel more comfortable and like you know being being intimate or whatever the case may mm. be and obviously with like hormones same thing we, we help these guys kind of find themselves again and like get better positions in their jobs or like feel more confident in their relationships or you know, you know, getting out of a shitty relationship because all of a sudden they feel good enough to where they're like, mm. I'm so not you've gonna... broken up relationships. Oh yeah, man, a lot of them. A lot yeah, of them. Really? Yeah, people are in come to shitty, clinics. You want to level marriages, up abroad? And they well, have no, come down here. Like you said, they don't feel like really? anybody else would want them, and they don't have the, they don't have the basically the balls to do it. Interesting. And you know, we give them the. the so they needed the confidence options. to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, them, it's them literally figuring out who they are. And that's yeah. the biggest thing is you're, what Alex is talking about, the reward path. It, it's that you shift the behavior in a person so they have that ability to get back to that, you know, the greatness in who they are. And so once they kind of like this person you were talking about, once they start falling off, if they can go back to that small point of reference of why. Mm. And the big thing is, is you didn't answer the question why because that was maybe never discussed. Yeah. And we have those questions. And that's what's so unique about what it is that we do as, you know, as coaches and so forth is if you read the, just the reviews on any of our companies, it's that true communication with our patients. Mm. I think that's what, what, what really separates us. What do you really get to be us, part yeah. of like a significant life change for somebody, both Agreed. physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally? emotionally. emotionally. Like, we really get a chance to like, and a lot of our clients have been our clients for, I mean, shit, I've been doing this for 18 years. I've had clients for literally for 18 years. Yeah. I've seen them through a huge part of their adult lives and and, you get to be part of that. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm responsible for it, but I get to be part of what people get a chance to actually fulfill this like fantasy of becoming physically stronger, better looking, or you know, emotionally capable of handling a stressful, shitty situation like you went through, or every one of us has been through in hindsight. No. You know, and 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 we were talking. Jimmy's going through it right now. Yeah. Being a father, yeah, he's a, brand, he's a brand new <laughs> father. Welcome to the club, baby. dude. Oh, yeah. But well, like, dude, even look at COVID. What I was we giving just... him some emotional advice the other week. I was like, "Trust me, bro. I've been here. This is what you got to try and do. This is the fucking tackle. Like, you got to do." Yeah. But COVID but, was a really eye opener for all of us because you know you guys were talking about before this whole idea of like depending on big medicine and depending on what big pharma produces. Mm. And look, I'm not sitting here on this podcast to sit here and tell people what you should or shouldn't decide to inject in yourself, meaning the vaccine or not. But yeah, choose testosterone. No. Yeah, <laughs> but if you but it, but if you have kind of the confidence that you're a healthy guy or you're a healthy person because your your regimen is is good, and we all knew what to take mm. and what not to take, and we armed ourselves with the proper peptides and the proper antioxidants and immune boosting products. And I knew my testosterone levels were the, where they should have been and the vitamin D. And I was like, fuck it, bring COVID on. Like if that mm. thing's hits you me, I'm ready to go. And I got it, you know, like yeah. everybody else. And I was sick for two days and 
two days later, I'm like, well, <laughs> that was it. Yeah. You know, and I never got vaccinated. Isn't it, I mean. isn't it funny now that they've, I think only recently in the last couple of weeks that they addressed the fact that natural immunity is very well, powerful yeah. against they have COVID. To. How can yeah. you, how can you yeah. deny it? It's weird that people did though. And people believed in it. I was people like, all of a sudden, <laughs> it just people trusted medicine that who used to not, by the way. No, they trusted the media. Right. And the media's influence yeah. is strong. It proved the power of consistency bias, but also like, um, I'm not sure the exact bias, cognitive bias, but it's like the tribes. It was like watching that transition across 2020 to 2021 was just fascinating. I was anti-vaccine when it was Trump's. Then all of a sudden it swaps the, the thing and I still don't want to take it. And now I'm apparently right-wing supremacist. Right. Yeah, like, I'm right. like, how, how? I was anti-Trump <laughs> six weeks ago before, when he was president. Yeah, no, no, it was a very bizarre time. But um, yeah. you got to go back to what Alex was saying is that there's so many preventatives that, you know, we have we offer within that strain of keeping people from getting COVID or being healthier, if you will. Um, but in the cases that you do get COVID and I'll be open with you, I got COVID. And ironically, I had it while I was with Alex during, a, you know, we were in a hotel doing? area and so forth. <laughs> no, no, no. We were on a conference. Together. We were in a conference yeah, together conference. and I was literally I side know, by I've, side I've, next to him most of the time. Heard, I've heard together. different ways you can swap, then, swap it. <laughs> but, you know, I came home, my whole family had had it and so forth. And I was very sick. I mean, I was hospitalized mm. and things of that nature. And I'll tell you, as soon as I got out of the hospital, I did not look like who I was supposed to be anymore. Mm. And I made those phone calls, and I think uh, Alex was the first phone call I made. And I go, I need your help. Like, what do what 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 steps do I take now? And give we me, had a give me my shopping list. Yeah, and we had a COVID <laughs> yeah. basically a COVID regimen yeah. that brought me back to feeling like a human again. I mean, look, man, the reality yeah. is our bodies are designed and programmed to protect themselves, and mm -hmm. there's elements of things that we are somewhat more deficient on or don't have available, whether it be through diet or exercise or science is maybe like evolved us to a point where those things aren't as, as readily available. Um, and it not just has to be COVID, it can be anything that anything, you're kind of yeah. confronted with and going back into depression. There's typically some chemical imbalancement that a lot of these wellness-based products that we offer at T-Clinics addresses maybe not directly, but to some degree indirectly. And in the end, like it can make you feel better. It can make your basic immune system better. It makes mm -hmm you sleep better, which inherently allows you to have a, you know, a, a better metabolism and a better immune system, like, or, you know, <clears> building up glutathione, which like helps your body filter out antioxidants, getting rid of all the shit our bodies produce and come up against, or NAD plus, which helps like, you know, re-energize our cell structures or peptides, which helps your body regenerate, regrow cells. So if you think about conceptually, like all these things, they may not all be appropriate for you. And you have to obviously confer with whatever your doctor is that decides that, but finding out which of these like, um, weapons can fight that fight the best. Mm. Now, me, on the other hand, I was like, shit, arm me with everything I got. And of course, I was like willing to do it all. 40 shots a week. Yeah. <laughs> but my my, my, my uh, needle container was filling up pretty quickly at that time. But, um, but Blake, something as simple as vitamin D as well. I yeah. mean, that's something it else to be offered. That, you know? mm -hmm. And that helps with anxiety, depression. And that's why, like, in a lot of cases, this young lady you were talking about, it could have been a different season. Mm. And she felt phenomenal because she was outside and gaining that vitamin D to take away that depression, anxiety, and pushing through. But simple things that people just don't understand. Yeah. And that's where the education comes into play. In Florida, apparently, the, a lot of people are vitamin D deficient because of how scared much of they cancer. 
scared of cancer. They're scared of going wait, outside. Wait, what do you think the reason? Because of sunscreen? I no, nah, I was thinking it was more just because people are like, Ugh, it's hot, I'll stay inside. No, Plus no, your, your, your houses are like caves, dude. Like they don't let sun in. No, it's, it's, it's so weird. That's why that's why the states and the countries that have more obviously northern exposure like are more prone and like the southern states, the islands, mm-hmm. the heat, the sun. You know, that's our natural immune system. And if you go back into the eighteen hundreds, like a prescribed remedy for sicknesses was put this person in the sun. Mm. <laughs> you know, like truly like that was like wheel them outside after surgery and let the body mm. kind of get that sunlight to reinvigorate ourselves. I'm sure we don't do that now. Anybody who feels back sick, to Superman. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if, if you if you really kind of subscribe to some of these alternative <laughs> therapies, there's people who sun parts of their body that probably Never yeah, the butthole re- thing I'm a little <laughs> bit skeptic about. I'm, I'm just not, like, uh, yeah, you haven't tried that sun- one yet? Butthole sunning is supposedly. <laughs> My neighbors don't appreciate it. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> We're not supposed to do it in your front yard. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. But no, I, I don't get What is that craze? The whole like. Uh, it's like a Dave Asprey thing. It or just something, seems like it? It, and it, it's in line with like, off the carnival. Like animals diet, have their anuses exposed to the sun and like they have a better. I don't know. Listen, I'm not they saying I do it. They also eat grass, but to like the carnival. Sun in your balls are supposedly like yeah. a really good testosterone, yeah. which to me doesn't make sense because theoretically your balls are supposed to be like a cold environment. It's why they hang outside our systems. And then if you're supposed to stand in front of a red light and or a sun to stimulate the growth, I feel like it's kind of going the opposite direction. But I don't know. Have you ever fucked outside? It's I mean, different. <laughs> it's different. It does. Do. It's different. <laughs> you put your balls aren't really being exposed to the sun at that point too much. Well, you haven't it depends seen how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Blake, I have not. <laughs> it's on. It's Thank on you. a website. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Anyway, I don't, I don't understand the butthole thing. It's weird. Like, I mean, you judge me enough when you walked past and I was staring at the sun this morning during the fifteen minutes. I was like, the sun's rising. You're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh no, man, I, hey, I, man. I, I understand the reason. Okay, cool. Get it. I felt I was a bit judgy. Maybe no. just tired. It's that first, you know, one hour in the morning that you get the best sun in your, mm. your eyes. It helps. Do you guys do like that? that How anal UV do you take light? it? I'm, I'm pretty anal with it now. I'm not too anal. Your circadian yeah. rhythm is supposed <laughs> to be triggered by the because the UV light supposedly isn't being filtered like, at the hour in the morning and the hour in the evening. Yeah. yeah. And that sun's supposed like, to like charge your serotonin and like deplete, right. like get mel- melatonin stimulated at night. So get the circadian rhythm corrected. And then you do the blue blockers at night, mm-hmm. so you don't fuck that up. And I was going to like bring up all these new wellness little sh- things yeah. that we start trying and seeing like what does and doesn't work. The blue and blockers, the blue blockers though, you introduced me to. Definitely. I am a massive fan of them. I was super scared. I bought blue blocking glasses like... Like literally the blue blockers, the old school 80s glasses. Uh, yeah, so it blocks like blue yeah. light on your computer. So if you're doing in the evening time where that's all you're exposed to or even TV, you know, or staring at your phone, that blue light fucks mm-hmm. up your... You know, circadian rhythm and ability to sleep. So obviously, this blocks it, and it makes stuff super bright, but it has no bluish hint hue to it. It kind of yeah. makes I'm it pretty. Anal. I've got. I'm two pretty d- anal about that one. I've been doing that one for about yeah. five years. And yeah. Do you do the the rose colored ones I do though? The rose yeah. colored. Yeah, it looks I a little look cool uh, as well. So yeah, I'm down with different it. Like to say least, but uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, it depends who. Yeah, some people <laughs> might think it looks cool. Some might not. Yeah, but, but they're uh, losers, who gives so a shit? I don't care about them. Exactly. The because I've got like. The normal ones for during the day, which is just it takes out a small spectrum of the blue light, and then the um, the rose colored ones take out a very large spectrum, yeah. uh, where it's basically you only see oranges. And, like I've got a towel that is yellow line, um, white line, yellow line, white line. You put the blue blocking ones on, it looks like a white towel. It's a mad trip, and um, even like on our, our jacuzzi, if you put the blue lights on and they're 100% blue. You put the glasses on, you can't even tell. I, I think the lights are off. Wow. 
That's how effective they are. It is tough to That's get good. used to it first. It's like for me, the first couple like, good, days though. I wore them, I would have to take them off to like look at my phone or something, like the shifting of my eyes. But I got yeah. used to it. And and I've noticed now how uncomfortable I get when I wear them if I don't wear them. Um, and I even did with Josiah when we drive. I, I picked him up from Fort Myers Airport at night, and I drive with him at night. Like I drove with him here wearing them sure that's safe it actually is you know the funny thing it's safer i really? see more like obviously you're supposed to wear like the yellow ones yeah there, that's like, what i was to gonna say like, I the more vibrant think they advise not to but them yet but you know there's on my shopping list yeah but it's weird because i i see a lot more now granted if i if you're looking somewhere without lights you take them off straight away but the, you don't realize how lit everything is with oh, all yeah. the cars the the headlights the sorry the headlights the traffic lights the road lights you feel more sensitive to the light now because that's how i feel like if i'm not wearing them it's just like oh man at night i feel like the sun's yeah. out yeah yeah and so i mean i i josiah was worried when he saw me wearing them i'm like trust me you see just as much and so he wore them for five minutes and he's like you know made him more comfortable as behind the wheel but i said all right now take him off and he's like what the f he he could actually i see less if i'm not wearing them because the headlights are so bright yeah. that we don't realize that that bright headlight actually has a sort of spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I know what you mean. You get that Especially tired eye feeling. Like mm -hmm. HD ones that like yeah. the new, new cars have that like blaze in their own Yeah, in that yeah. daylight color and it's like <clears throat> yeah. blazing. Yeah, mm. so I actually prefer, I will always wear them if the sun's down and I have them. Yeah. So be no, advocate. I mean, those are the habits that, that make the difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all like biohacking 101. You know, it's, I it's, wear them during the day, but I've never experienced the, the night, ones. night ones. No. Oh, realistically, so like, the, realize, if you're going yeah. to pick a time to wear them, mm -hmm. it's realistically like when it is dark out and you get no natural light in your room and you're depending on like the color from the computer screen and your TV, that's truly like yeah. when they have the biggest With impact. the sun. Yeah, I've it's never like tried the sun's up in your room and the computer screen's on. I mean, you're going to yeah. get some blue exposure, yeah. but the yeah. natural light kind of yeah. still. And you want blue exposure but I do where the, the sun's at. Right, ones. you're supposed to be awake. Yeah, sun at night level. while I'm driving because yeah. I can see. Yeah, so no, for, really for anybody yeah. listening, if you can't sleep at night, like, you know, it's a it's a quick, easy biohack. Like, sundown on if you're going to be in a place with artificial light where, you know, where your blue blockers. Yeah, my quality of sleep's much better too because you'll feel... Like, you know, when you're tired because you're watching TV, you're watching some screens, your, eyes are, your eyes are starting to get mm -hmm. tired. I don't have tired eye feeling anymore. It's body. And oh, so my body, smart. my body's telling me like, hey, go yeah. to bed, buddy. Very cool. And so yeah. that was that was one thing. And again, like I said, super skeptical. I bought the red ones, wore them once or twice, didn't wear them for like a year. And then I don't know why I did start wearing them, but I did. And after four to six weeks, I was just like, oh, shit. Like, this is how much... Legit. I was feeling yeah. before, um, so yeah. Yeah, they even have the like clear ones that you can't see that there's a filter <laughs> in there, and you can wear those during the day if you're super sensitive. Mm -hmm. I know people who are on iPads and computers all day, and while you like you said, when the sun goes down, that's what matters most. For but sure. some people are super sensitive; they do that during the day. Then when it's like sunset, they can put the yellow ones, and then when it's mm -hmm. nighttime, they put the red ones. Like, that's, that's if you really, it's a lot. I'm not going to lie, that's what I do. Right. But judging me here, okay? That's a lot, but <laughs> if you're super sensitive, sometimes people got to take it that far. Yeah. So. I'm not sensitive if I take it that far. You're, you're very sensitive. I'm very anal, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a modern boy. But, um, Jeff, you've been talking too much in this episode. <clears throat> <laughs> What's <laughs> the thing I'm 
What, what, what can we ask? What can we ask Jeff? You guys know him much better than I do. What's something that's going to like people don't know about Jeff and they shouldn't know? I think something that's him. interesting about Jeff and, and is he has a kind of a history in the, in the industry that we're in that's a little unique. Um, Jeff's expertise in nutrition and dieting and dietary supplements because he worked with like professional athletes really exposed him to extremes. You know, we all kind of know how to tell somebody mm -hmm. to lose weight because like cut out the bullshit of your diet. But imagine taking a person down to like that 1% differential in their body fat and timing mm. them to the moment and his knowledge of like sodium and carb loading and these things just would blow your mind to a point where at times I'm like, how do you figure these things out? How do you know if I have <laughs> this much sodium, how much carbohydrates I need to like <clears throat> accompany it to get this particular look? And so, you know, I don't know if he wants to share some of his. Yeah, you guinea pig yourself, don't you? Um, I do. A lot. I've, I've had a ton of people as guinea pigs. Um, I always had a passion for nutrition, um, general nutrition, then more sports related for myself. Um, then it kind of bled into like my teammates and you know guys that I was on whatever sport I was playing at that time. Um, so I just really started like diving in. I could go back to like I was reading you know old school Muscle Media 2000 Dan Duchesne books, which is like kind of like controversial bodybuilding science. Um, I, I, I do feel like I have a good grasp of both like general nutrition and then obviously not the taboo, not talked about nutrition, which kind of makes a, a pretty dangerous recipe, I think. What's taboo? Like not really talked about. The drugs. Yeah, I know that, but yeah, I mean, what drugs, is it? Oh, like the drug like, As far as the drug side. I mean, I yeah, I played sports. I took stuff when I was kind of playing sports to be able to play at the level. Well, I'm not a reason we're all in this business. Some of us did too many steroids in college, and that's me for one. That's what got me to where I am. I was a pussy. Didn't yeah, I, around well, you know, I was like brought up like in the gym. I had a lot of the older guys I knew were bodybuilders, and so like I kind of got pushed down that path a little bit quicker. And I don't know, it just always interests me how you can manipulate a body, um, good or bad. Um, and just, just that always fascinated me. So that's kind of why I stayed down that path and just, you know, I'm still learning to this day. Like it's. We, we used to go to Vegas and, you know, for pool parties and to look the best. Jeff's like, all right, tonight we're going to drink alcohol, but tomorrow morning we're going to wake up, eat some fatty burgers, but we can't drink any, you know, any water because, and he would explain the whole science to me. I'm like, bro, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to get shit faced tonight. Is that when and you look like that? I want to look good at the pool party tomorrow. Just tell me to do. Is that can... when you look like a porn star plumber? Yeah. 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 That photo is amazing. No, but when you would... sent that to me, I just want to put like a little utility belt on you and just like have like <laughs> porn hub community <laughs> over your head. <laughs> but yeah, just, just that manipulation of, of your body through knowledge and science and it was like this work smarter not harder mentality mm. and people come up with like holy shit man you guys are in great shape like what do you do and it was like a lot of baby what do too. i do but what i could say that actually. what do we know what do we know that yeah. you don't know that well, makes us easier and I'll tell you to like a benefit to like us and and then being in the medical field now i know where people shouldn't be heading or whose phone is that jeez Exactly. No airplane mode. That, that you should not be doing, you know, just way to That's do right. things smarter, not harder. Um, you know, end of the day, you've got to mitigate some of the potential risks that could come up. So. Well, you, yeah, because whenever you talk to me, I'm just like, all right, I get like 20% of what you say sometimes, but it's fascinating. <clears throat> and so I feel like the more we hang out, I get to like, you know, get that little bit 20% more and more and more. But um, so actually funny that you said so. Obviously, in our podcast, the semaglutide, semaglutide, name's still out. Nice. We don't know. 
Is it smag? That was good. Can we take a vote? Is it semaglutide or semaglutide? It's whatever, how you have whatever Jeff says. Semaglutide. Semaglutide. All right. <laughs> I think you're Australian. You could say whatever you want. I'll just say whatever. I'll say yeah, semi. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so it's funny because I've been watching a lot of things lately, and now they they just refer to it as Ozempic. It seems like Ozempic has. Well, that's the, the, that's the brand. It's like, this, it's like Xerox be. is like this branding for like a cup, century coffee. Yeah. Right? So there is a lot of people now and you, you preempted the concern because everyone's talking about how they're basically marketing it as you can just have it. Don't worry and eat whatever the fuck you want. And you in our, our podcast were saying your concerns about taking it long term. It should just be an intermediary sort of spanner in the cog, or spanner in the cog to stop it moving and then fix your habits. Right. And it's interesting to see that you guys, particularly, I mean, I'm referencing Jeff, were saying this is our concern and how it's going to fuck up people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, everyone else that I can see is going like, don't worry, just have it. Don't worry yeah. about it. Buy Keep more. eating whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. Buy well, more of our shit. Zempic face, right? Like, so most people are taking that that medication or GLP peptide. They're not hungry. They're not eating. And they get that gaunt look or the, they start oh, losing the yeah. structural fat, which happens from starvation. Is Ozempic or no Ozempic? Also a lot of cocaine use, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that benders, you know, typically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, you know, you're, you, but they're going to blame it on something else or the, the drug. But I just, you know, we... Everything that we do in, in our business or our companies, we try to make sure like the risk versus reward and how it's applied. And we're willing to do ourselves. Yeah. Right? I mean, Jeff and I are damn near the guinea pigs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, I wouldn't give it anyway. If I haven't done it, my brother, my dad, my mom, like, I'm not going to give it to somebody else. If I don't believe yeah. in it, um, there's a lot of stuff out there in the, in the world we're in um, that I truly just, people just try to push the next best thing versus the thing that actually works is going to and be more long-term for them, you know, get them the results they're looking for and mitigate risks that come up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause it feels like most of the companies now are like, how can we make something that is a customer for life? Yep. Yep. And that's, that's the thing that's very concerning in the health space because it's not about health. It's about profit. Yep. And I mean, I always say, I mean, we, even when we started the, when we were talking about doing this podcast, I, my whole thing was you need to give so much information, you're scared you'll lose customers because they're like, oh, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the only, that was the rule I said, the only reason I'd come on this and start this with you guys. And you were like, yeah, sweet, fuck yeah. And I was like, all right, good. These are people I can work with because it does concern me. Like I've prioritized my, my whole life goal is how can I feel younger, stay younger, look younger. That's why I wanted to find out about the HGH peptides, because I know how it helps you stay looking younger for longer. Um, But seeing all these health gurus and health companies talk about products that don't make you younger, it's like, no, this makes me more money. Mm -hmm. And I'm very hesitant to believe someone that benefits from my problems long term. And so, um, yeah, I just found it quite interesting that... It's kind of a little bit of a moral dilemma that we do in an ethical kind of... Mm -hmm you know, reality that we have to confront in this industry. I think plastic surgeons have to confront it in a different way. In our industry, we have to confront it in a different way. But people have to, you know, we on this side of this, on, on this side of this table, you know, w- we have to be willing to kind of give somebody a reality check to what to expect and what kind of results they can actually see. Um, we're not doing ourselves as a business or the client any favors by painting some unrealistic picture and blowing smoke up their ass essentially and telling them, hey, you take the shot and you're going to look like, you know, Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it requires a lot of work. It requires a lot of effort. Um, you know, every one of us kind of has tried most of the stuff that we sell if we're obviously medically suited to use it. 
Um, and I think that's important because like, if I can't or wouldn't be willing to do it or at least know what it's gonna offer me, like, how can I sit here and tell you to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, to add to that and to go back to the, what you kind of commented on, even like, and all of us have been involved with the medical weight loss side in the practice and, you know, so many places don't teach the fundamentals that have to change, whereas like they could all attest, our clients go through our program and we give them the resource. We don't bank on that person being a client for life. We try to give them the tools and the resources to get there and eventually know how to stay there. And we do that also in the, the T-Clinics USA. It's like, how can we make a positive impact, optimize everything for them so they're they're moving forward. And some of the stuff we do obviously for them to stay optimized is gonna take a, you know some more long-term main, maintenance or management with what we do mm. when it comes to T-Clinics, but we're, we always have the client's best interest in mind. Well, on the optimiz optimization side that he's talking about as well is a lot of testosterone clinics are still narrow focused like most of the medical industry like you go to the cardiologist and it'll help you with your heart you go to the neurologist helps you with your brain but like nobody's talking to each other and really looking at the entire picture and and that's one thing that we do well is we know that testosterone i, I call it it's like fuel in a car like you have to have fuel for the car to work but you can also have a full tank of gas and have a car that's not working well and not getting the performance that you want so we look at other biomarkers as well look at the estrogen levels, the B12 levels, the vitamin D, like we talked about earlier, those things are gonna help guys to really optimize and, and make sure that they're really feeling their best and getting the performance that they're looking for. Yeah, so on testosterone actually, I was telling Josiah this, and it, it's a bit of bro science in my head, but I want my brains with muscles to confirm this. Um, <laughs> so my th the theory was after I found out is that it's not toxic masculinity, it's to toxic estrogen. And it's because like, obviously when we think about those roid raging dudes, you know, they're like angry or whatever. Now, Jeff, uh, Jeff I want you to con confirm or deny what I'm saying is, it, or I, don't, I wanna know if I'm right or wrong. It was, it's when guys take a bunch of testosterone, AKA roids, um, which people think testosterone is roids, it's not. It's just, it's a shitload more than you probably should take you spike up and then when you're crashing back down, so your estrogen testosterone ratio is dropping, that's when they're super emotional and angry. You're gonna have that actually on both sides. So just even some guys are taking supernatural amounts and that's obviously why like balancing each individual person is very important when it comes to hormones. But some just say a guy who takes steroids and he takes too much, his testosterone being too high for too long, you're still gonna have byproduct that comes off of that estrogen. Um, you could have other things like dihydrotestosterone. So testosterone converts to DHT, which is very androgenic, which kind of gives a lot of the aggression. Um, it also comes with some side effects as far as like prostate issues. So there, there's a lot of byproduct that spins off having it too high, but then say a guy who comes off a cycle and he ends up being too low, you kind of flip the spectrum of your testosterone to estrogen ratio, and, and there's problems, you know, when you're you're too high on your estrogen low T. Just gotta remember, to a point, we're kind of a chemistry set, right? And 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 our hormones are a massive influence on how this chemistry set works. So, whether they're too high, too low, if you're going up at one point and then crashing down at another, that that kind of inconsistency is not good for you emotionally or physically. Mm. That's why we don't. First off, like to kind of. Using too much testosterone, we don't put people into that category where their levels are just obnoxiously high. We don't use other androgenic or anabolic steroids that are going to create 
a lot of these issues that people kind of relate to the roid raging problem. And we don't believe in like cycling. You know, I mean, when guys come to us who are going to on testosterone, we have to be very honest with them that this is a lifelong commitment, that this just isn't some temporary good, get jacked for the summer. There's a lot of shitty clinics <clears throat> that don't really tell people that this kind of consequence of going on testosterone is the potentials that we're very clear to, to, to tell them. You know, the, the higher probability of infertility, the more um, kind of long-term dependency that becomes from using testosterone. And if they're not clear on that, like, we don't want somebody to start something just to have some temporary benefit and then ultimately be responsible to screw them up lifelong. So mm. um, it's it's a good clinics, not just saying we're the only ones, obviously, there's plenty of gr other great clinics out there, but there's a lot of really bad ones that I hear of that clients come to me and they're like, well, I'm on testosterone, there's other place, and I'm like, I just wanna remind you, you know that like fertility is potentially at risk here or dependency on testosterone is a high probability. I'm like, what? No one's ever told me that. I'm like, how did really? you not get That's, that told to you clear as day? Haven't you heard like the, the, the main stereotype of like dudes on roids have super tiny dinglings? Uh, it's not, not dinglings. Oh, dinglings. It's, 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 it's oh, testicles. Yeah, the smaller. All right, all right, all right. It's like and, an elephant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and that can be mitigated. So really it's better. It makes you look bigger because you've got smaller balls. Yeah, balls yeah. don't get in the all way. All right, get the roids, peeps. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but, but I mean, definitely. We can mitigate that, by the way. There are medications that can make that really? process. There's not, ball growers? Yes, for sure. Testosterone boosting agents, yeah. Oh. We have a whole part of our program designed for guys who don't want to go on testosterone, who just want to boost their natural levels, which inherently increases testicular size, increases fertility, increases mm -hmm. natural testosterone production. So those are for guys that are like younger and not ready to make that lifelong commitment, still know that they wanna have kids or are really concerned about their balls shrinking. And then we have options to be on testosterone and still have some of those other two categories but not near as much as, you know, have, have they not gone on to begin with. So, yeah, so we're okay. able to mitigate that conversation that you were having. Yeah. So people, even gotcha. though they say they're dependent, we have the opportunity of um, giving them an opportunity so they don't have to be, if God forbid they need to come off. Yeah, and people get hung up on the whole dependency thing, mm -hmm. but it's just mm -hmm. like, you know, if you wanna stay healthy and young and look good the rest of your life, you're gonna have to eat well the rest of your life, you're gonna have sleep to sleep well, well the rest of your life, yeah. you're gonna have to go to the gym the rest of your life, you're gonna have to drink water every day. Like, I mean, this is like taking a vitamin D supplement, but it's a vitamin T supplement, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you just, it's one more thing that you just need to throw into your regimen. It's not that big a deal. I think people get too hung up on that. Yeah, it does. It is funny when I was a um, personal trainer back home, and one of the questions I would get constantly is like, "So how long do I have to train for?" And I was like, "I don't know. How Forever. long do you want to be fit, dude? <laughs> yeah, right? Like you, you don't own your fitness. You rent it, and you pay it yeah. daily, buddy. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Great way to look at it. Yeah, and, it. but it is funny. Like I mean, because I'm doing a video about obviously 30 days experience on HGH peptides. But part of that is like, you know, obviously people are like, wow, you put eight pounds of muscle on in two weeks. That's insane. It's like, all right, cool. I had a massive base to work with. Plus my sleep was on point. Plus I was doing blue blockers like a nerd. Plus <laughs> eating <might> right. <laughs> like I was, I was basically right. carnivore slash intermittent fasting. Like I was doing a lot of things that were lining up plus exercising every single day. And, it you wasn't have, like and you've exercised your whole life too. That's the thing. So you it's had like, this like muscle memory that was just waiting for that little you know, fertilizer agent to kind of help it all sprout up yeah. a little bit more. And like my body right now, because I've been so consistent, like I've only not trained for a month once in my life, literally once since I was probably four 
Like my my yeah. mom brought me up very well. I transitioned into wanting to fuck a lot of girls, so I was vain, and that's what made me <laughs> get through the teen and like tw early twenties years. And then I was more focused on longevity. But the thing is, if I don't exercise, my appetite significantly drops. And like that month that I did go and not train, um, I was eating one meal a day, and it was half a meal. Like, and I was just living off water and that because I just had no appetite. Now, granted, I lost like. I think 10 pounds of muscle, but I still was sitting at 9% body fat. And don't worry, I look like I was, I was skinny as shit. And like where I came back and people were like, what happened to you? Yeah. But then as soon as I went back to the gym, it took like two, three weeks back. and I was, it was back up again because my body was like, this is not normal. Yeah. But I also didn't go and eat a lot of crap. I didn't drink a lot of alcohol. Mm. So I didn't turn, like, I didn't build any body fat to like what most people do when they go on the holidays right. they stop training and they eat eat like triply worse and then they just go oh, it's holidays what are you gonna do and then you know you see them when they come back and you're like all right fuck we're gonna fix all that again yeah, i mean for you stopping training equaled you losing weight for some people stopping training equals like putting on a lot of weight mm. but kind of going back to what jimmy said about this lifelong need to do like whatever that thing was when it comes to hormones, you know, same principle, but it actually allows you to have a little forgiveness if you stop training. So yeah. if like your body's optimized, like had you been on the peptides during that time, mm. you probably wouldn't have lost as much. Or in other categories, guys won't gain as much because they yep. have a little bit of extra cheat in them, you know? Um, obviously, like I know personally when I'm taking the right regimen, I can eat a little more carelessly, I can train a little less hard, oh. still look pretty damn good at the age I am. So, um, How old are you? 44. Shit. I got time. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that kind of goes another way. Like we, like, we all started this in our late 20s, you know, mm -hmm. and at that time, nobody respected what we had to say because it was like, well, shit, when you're in your 20s, yeah. who the hell can't have a six pack and who, who mm. can't look great, you know? And then, but now that we're in our 40s, and I tell people, you know, I'm 44, and like, I still train six days out of the week, and I still, you know, have this lifestyle and regimen, and I feel like I look pretty good. Um, Actually, it's funny people you say respect that. that. You know, they're like, well, shit, if, because, now I have clients coming to me for the first time where I look at their like, you know, date of birth. I'm like, God damn, this guy's young. young. And I look at him, I'm like, what? what yeah, that's happened? a trip. Like, and they look like oh, you, your you're dad. 33. Yeah. That's a trip. Yeah. When you meet someone who's like 10 years younger than you and you're like, where do we go different? Like, right. you but just like, look like a mess. You know? I remember what, like that whole thing of, oh, you're 20, you can eat whatever you want. Now we're starting to see that it's not the case with obesity and oh, kids no. going through the roof. Yeah. You can't eat what you want. It's just that at least typically you're more active when you're younger. And I think that as you get older, your, your activity level decreases, then mixed with obviously your body's ability to repair and produce human growth hormone, testosterone, blah, 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 decreases. And you got all these things working negatively together that I think people just, you know, they always make that as an excuse for when you're young. Well, there's biologically, our hormones drop as we age. So biologically you are more efficient and obviously a lot more anabolic, you know, anti-catabolic when you're younger. Mm. So regardless of who you are, you're in a better position from a hormone standpoint when you're natural, when you're younger versus older. I mean, granted, some people like make way better lifestyle choices as we get old, right? We sleep better, we don't eat as much shit, we don't drink as much, but you know, when I was in my 20s, I was a mess, but look good. <laughs> Physically, I look good, but you know, I don't know how healthy Dying I was at that. Side? Yeah, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> going back to and it. now that I'm older, like I can't screw around like that. Like you gotta. Yeah. I, I don't really drink anymore. I you know I, I try to eat a very like healthy lifestyle, and I guess that comes with knowledge too. You know, 
But going back to what Alex said earlier today as well is that testosterone is dropping around 4% every decade. It could Mm. actually be more at this point. So individuals that we're talking about, like they maybe can start it. They're great in their 20s, and then they have to start worrying about things in their 30s. It's going to get to the point where they have to start worrying about it. Is it 15 now now per decade? Yeah. They're going to have to start worrying about it in their 20s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we get guys in their 20s that have ED problems. Yeah. 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 Can you guys imagine being like in your 20s and like needing to reach out to a client to get Cialis and Viagra? Yeah. We had 18 year olds, 20 year olds with low testosterone. Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough you got to use it out when you're 40s. I was in my 20s. I mean, shit. Like, I can imagine. In our testosterone episode, you were chatting about. Obviously, uh, body fat is estrogenic and also a testosterone blocker. Correct. That the next generation, because obesity is going up so much, mm-hmm. during their teen years, when they should be pumping out the testosterone, now they're not because they've got essentially testosterone blockers in their body. Mm-hmm. Um, that I also think attributed... So my theory with the dropping testosterone is it might not necessarily be dropping if we look at an individual case, but I think it's dropping if we look at the broad nation because of the relate the correlation with obesity. It's an intelligent and, way of looking at it. Yeah, so I think that by average, if you're looking at a population, it's like, all right, well, obesity's going up. We've now got these testosterone blockers, body fat, mm-hmm. coming up through. And so our testosterone per, I guess, example rate, yeah, it's I mean, dropping I, down as a percentage. When it comes to the obesity thing, it's kind of interesting, right? I'm because wrong. people will say. <laughs> Just a quick reminder if you haven't filled out the free Adam test, it's bit.ly forward slash free Adam test. And let's get you slanging that thing. More of a man, massive testosterone levels, and just making chicks freaking love it. <laughs> it's like your genetic, right? Like genetically, I'm more prone to being fat. So, yes. okay, that is justifiable if you have fat parents. But did they have fat parents? Maybe yeah. so. But was his parents fat? Maybe it's modestly. Were their parents fat? Probably not. Like, as we're getting into, like, the early tw- 1920s, if you look at, like, pictures of the world's fattest man back then, it looks like the average guy you see hanging out at Walmart. So, yeah, I saw that meme. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, good dude, like, I mean, the average, go to the... You know, go to Disney World on a given day, like everybody in that place will qualify for like the world's fattest person, you know, mm. back in the early 20s. How did they become all of a sudden it's in your genes? Because your yeah. grandfather somewhere down the road started because like that sells products, but Alex. like it, it does, right? Or it gives people <laughs> excuses. Yeah, there, there is a there where he just it is. gives people excuses. Yes, like, my parents are fat, so therefore I'm fat. No, yep. it's shitty upbringing, it's poor quality of food choices. It's like my parents made me eat well, we exercised, we went for walks. Like, I don't have kids, but if I did have kids, I wouldn't let these kids sit around on video games and virtual world meta bullshit. Like, go out and have real friends and do real stuff and get out there. I get it, we're in a different world nowadays, but like eating processed foods and drinking sodas, that should be a treat, not a standard. Yeah, Going to fast food places should be almost to a point like, after you played baseball game, like your your kid plays baseball and he wants a pizza, like that's a reward for that. Not it's Thursday night, like mm, and, right. and not for nothing, guys. But if you have kids and they're overweight, the reality is, in my opinion, it's seventy five percent the parents' fault. Yeah, well, I mean it it yeah. it's a it's a toxic world too, and in this day and age, like people have to educate themselves because. It takes work to not have to succumb to the crappy foods that are out there and the 
the plastics in your water and like all everything, the air we breathe, the food we eat, the water we drink, everything is toxic these days. And, and you know, when, when we educate people, they'll look at me and they'll be like, well, that's like everything at the grocery store you're telling me yeah, is bad. America's and I'm wild. like, yeah, yeah. It, it is. And mm -hmm. other countries know that. Mm -hmm. I was down in Costa Rica with my wife and people are like, yeah, your food sucks. Like what's up with that? We live in one of the most economically strong countries of the worst. It's ridiculous. For, yeah. for, I mean, and people citizens. come here and they live the same lifestyle that they live before they come here, especially like Latin American countries. And they all go become obese because yeah. those foods are so toxic here that their bodies just respond. I mean, terribly. how many ingredients are legal to put in foods in America that are illegal oh, for other yeah. countries? Oh, like I can tell you this: and French like fries in Macca's, McDonald's. In in Australia, we have potato, salt, and oil because it's cooked in oil. Well, it's oil. You guys, it's all, it's all you guys have oil like, here. Yeah. It's like you guys have twelve to twenty ingredients in your mcdonald's french fries we have three wow it's crazy same company different things wow. corn well, syrup is not a thing in australia that they create. Really? the food pyramids yeah. in america are based on who financially contributes the most to the government to say that grains should be the highest category because craft and big sugar decided that they needed to sell a whole bunch of this stuff to the school boards Meanwhile, they told people to like back off on red meat, yeah, back and pork, off on and that. chicken, and eggs because the contributing factor of like big pharma—I'm not sorry, big pharma, big food industry—weren't producing those items. So mm -hmm. they were low on the list, and they were told that causes heart disease, and that's going to cause obesity. And don't eat saturated fats because it creates this LDL elevation. Meanwhile, have all this bullshit, sat, you know, uh, seed oils, which, you know, we can have a whole conversation about how terrible seed oils are for you. Anything canola oils and you know peanut oils like these things are just so toxic on our systems, and yet they're telling us, well, don't eat animal fats, don't have butter. Yeah. What's the justification for that? When people were having butter, again, look back in history. Yeah. yeah. People were in great shape. Mm. But now butter's Seed not oil, even butter anymore. It's pretty damn modern. Yeah. Not and now we have a no. shit ton of modern health problems. Yeah. Maybe we should go back to some of our primitive lifestyle choices and kind of revisit what was happening back then and figure out maybe that's where we went wrong. Yeah. That might, that's less profit. I mean, you're time. looking at things, it's even alcohols, like you're looking at certain, um, like I can't, I'm not even going to go into the brands themselves, but um, I was in the liquor industry previous to, you know, being in fitness and so forth. And that's probably why I got out of shape and had to go down this route. But um, you would have brands of alcohols that'd be shipped to a different country and they wouldn't make, they wouldn't go through the processing due to the fact that mm -hmm. they had an ingredient in it that was allowed in the United States, but that's not in that right. country. Yeah. They're literally making things differently to ship to other countries. I think countries. like glyphosate, yeah. like it's yeah. legal in America mm. and it's illegal almost in every other country. Third world countries, it's illegal. Yeah, most of, most of the sense. shit that's in your yeah. food here is not in Australia. Yeah. I mean, well, even sugar cane. Speaking of which, syrup. I got Tim Tams for off this episode, guys. So that's not on the py the pyramid. Don't eat them. Eat them. Is that yours? Australian chocolate. <laughs> You don't know a Tim Tam? Are you going to be sharing this chocolate? I mean, we saw it over there. Yeah, there's nine biscuits in there. And there's uh, we're going to do a Tim Tam slam. So um, <laughs> that we're, we're good. We're wrap this up. That's been an hour. Time flies. Um, so guys, make sure to subscribe. We've got more stuff coming. Plenty of information as well with like more information heavy. I mean, this was informational heavy, which is great. And interesting people as well coming on the podcast. And if you want to reach out to T Clinics, uh, the link is in the description or it's just tclinicsusa.com and they will make you a better man or woman. Not prejudiced. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys soon. Thanks.